Welcome to World Wide Waste, a podcast about how digital is killing the planet and what to do about it. Beth Stenson has led design projects and processes since 2001. In recent years, with customer-driven innovation and service development as our primary focus. Beth is uncompromising in her belief in user orientation and deeply resents the tech hysteria that characterises much of the discussions surrounding digitalisation. Businesses should first and foremost solve real problems for real people. She is the CEO of Norwegian agency NetLife Design, which is a long-time partner of mine. NetLife Design is shifting their focus from customer experience to art experience, using top tasks and do less as key principles. I started our conversation by asking about the journey from customer experience to art experience. I'll start with NetLife, actually, because NetLife has sort of been the pioneers in Norway in terms of, you know, focusing on people making uh, digital uh, services and solutions that are useful for people. We were one of the first in Norway who sort of sort of uh, put usability into a context of digital development. And we've been doing that for 20 years. And um I've basically been doing that for 20 years as well, you know, really focusing on the, you know, the the user experience and making thing, things useful and simple for people, easily accessible, uh, you know, discovering user needs and, and making sure that people get what they need, not necessarily what they want. And then... I had uh, I've, uh, for the last four years, just before I rejoined um, NetLive as their CEO, um, I had four years uh, developing a um, department of innovation in uh, in uh, Ruter, which is the the administration um, company for public transport in uh, in Oslo. Uh, it's the, the and they have a huge reach of uh, well, huge in Norwegian terms anyway of uh, <laughs> four million uh, users uh, every year. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty big and the impact is pretty big. And I think um, the responsibility for a, you know, uh, uh, the public transportation authorities is, is, is big as well in terms of developing solutions that are both good for, you know, the citizens of, of Oslo and, uh, and, and good for the planet. And I must say that, you know, combining, you know, my experiences there and, you know, getting really to know, you know, the impacts of the job we're doing on the planet itself. I started sort of having doubts about, you know, is this focus on people, this focus on the user, have we exaggerated that, you know, really been, uh, you know, really been passionate about it and, and, and fighting for it internally in our organizations for, because every single organization that I've worked for, except NetLife, of course, <laughs> have been, you know, very focused, very much focused on their own type of, uh, you know, their own production and their own outputs rather than on the outcomes of, of the users. And then I started thinking sort of, well, what about the outcomes for the planet, you know? And then I rejoined NetLife last year. And um, we are in a unique position in Norway. We're 
you know, for the last five years, we've been, we've been, uh, we won the awards, um, uh, we uh, winning the 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 best sort of design and tech company in Norway, awarded by their their potential and and existing clients. And it's it's like, well, we can we can do something more. We can do something bigger. Combining that with everything that you discover around you about, you know, the the humans are not good for this planet. Our focus on, you know, developing services for humans may not have been the right path. And so you sort of have an existential crisis. <laughs> you sort of think, well, do I need to just sort of retreat to my farm and uh, just do farming for the rest of my life and live off what the earth can give me <laughs> but uh, but I'd rather use this posi- position to you know to change the mindsets of our clients and and sort of see how we can integrate um the planet into our design thinking and and sort of call it um uh earth experience rather than you know customer and user experience how can we uh change our priorities and how can we change our clients priorities in terms of uh what they develop uh, and what they put out on the market yeah it's um it's a very interesting journey because you know as you say i've been um working in one way or another with net life since i think about 2007 so yeah. um and so i've been a little part of the journey or we've we've you know interacted a lot o- o- over the years and um you, you were pioneers not just in norway but uh, in you know, it, it was a, a this global really putting the user, the customer first was was not very common in many environments that we we came from, and we still exist within a very organization centric or production centric yeah. model of society. So so we felt, you know, together in the sense that we were really doing we were the good guys and the good girls, you know. <laughs> We were really, we were really on the side of whatever was the good side, and the, yeah. you know the exactly. other side maybe was not not quite as good or not not quite as efficient. And and it is that that, that shock. I, I I had a similar shock. I don't know, maybe just a couple of years ago. And I, I you know, because it was impossible to um, avoid the um, the climate change debate that was being driven by the young generation and and yeah. so many uh, pioneers in, in in that space and and you know then then you know I was just thinking like um, well you know what what's the role that digital plays in all this and and uh, and you know as I dug into it 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 um, you know, you, you discover things like that. There's two hundred thousand trees uh, cut down every year just to deal with with digital returns in the US. Yeah. You know, and and that uh, we as designers, um, I remember um, reading about Zappos and thinking, oh, it's so amazing. They sell yeah. shoes and they make it so easy to return. Wow, that's so clever. <laughs> I mean, that that's so brilliant. And and. Yeah. And then begin to realize that, yeah, we've made it so easy to return that people uh, return three times as much in a digital environment than they returned in a physical environment. And, exactly. and and then when you think underneath that, are we just making it so easy to buy, just so easy to consume? So and, it, 
you know, wow, like, are we making it, is digital making it really easy to consume the planet? Yeah, exactly. And 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 that and that's the sort of drawback by thinking about all the experience and everything that we've been fighting for the last 20 years. It's like where we've been working really hard to make it easier for people to consume. But I think, I think, uh, the, the the not mistake, but because it's not a mistake, we we fail and then we learn. And now we've learned that we we need to see people as something more than just users and consumers. We are humans living in a in the context of the earth, you know, and bringing bring that context in. What is good? What is good for us is. Is, is also good for the uh, the planet. And we know that it's not good for us. It's not good for us to consume more and it's definitely not for good for the planet to consume more. So how can we how can we sort of build mechanisms into our digital solutions that make you sort of um, stop and think? I had one pretty powerful experience in, in Ruta where we, we, uh, we were exploring different ticketing solutions. And, and one of the key principles was People should travel with us uh, without having to think. And I stopped at that and I said, hey, why? <laughs> <You know? laughs> What's so bad about thinking? You know, I'm not saying build in loads of uh, bad mechanisms, but what's what's wrong with having people needing to use their creativity or their um, sense of discovery or whatever else? to sort of think about the, the choices that they're making, making them aware and educating them along the way as well about the impacts of the different choices that they're making. Absolutely. So, you just remind me there of the famous book, Don't Make Me Think. Yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> who I, I met once or twice, a lovely, lovely person. And, and of course, we all, we all took that as... as as our Bible in a way, yeah. or the, this sort of concept. Oh, our, our design is, you know, our purpose is to not make people think, to, to make it so easy that they run through it, that they <laughs> their gut instinct. And, and then you think, oh, you know, and uh, like we, we need to make people think you know, yeah. in, in certain ways and, and pause and say, you know, because it's like, did you, you, you can't have, um, fast fashion without digital. I mean, digital kind of turned fashion into fast fashion. Instagram mm-hmm. culture, you know, the the digital uh, designing uh, on on the iPads, all, all the t- technologies to speed up. And, and the result is we buy five times as much clothes as we did 20 mm-hmm. years ago and we wear them for half as long and yeah. we dump enormous quantities um, every, every year. Uh, and that 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 sort of culture is 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 destroying i mean the fashion industry is the next most polluting industry on, on the planet next to the oil industry and yeah. you know what how do we make people think with digital or make people pause and you know because it goes against the e-commerce consumption model you know is, is there a, a balance that says okay returns are really bad right imagine if we could um, sell less, uh, but our return rate would only be four percent instead of twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. is, is there something that where there, there's a win or that the, you know that okay, um, we we sell 
less now, but we, we sell to people over 20, 15 years because mm. they trust us. They, they, they say, you know, we say, do you really need this jacket bet? You know, you've already mm. got one. You bought one, you know, uh, six months ago. Maybe we could repair that one, you mm. know, or, you know, and that you say to them, wow, you know, I'm going to come back to this website again when I need stuff because it seems like they're on my side, like they're helping me make the right decision. Exactly. I wonder how can we how can we get that sort of design thinking? Yeah, well, that's sort of we're fighting against human nature, eh, Jerry? <laughs> you know, and we're fighting against like massive sort of um, um, business structures, economic structures, where the focus is on the gains and the 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 production of things the the selling of things you know and and the generation of value so i i i th for us as an agency we we basically need to start with each individual client you know exploring for them is there a potential here in terms of building earth experience into design process and 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 making them aware that there are other goals involved in developing digital than business goals and user goals there's other other there's other stakes at play but like norway is famous for the sportswear like ski sportswear and stuff and one of the biggest manufacturers now bergans is a it's an international brand they've they've now started renting out ski gear like really expensive stuff uh, that uh, you normally uh, and and it's very fashion oriented well as well it's like you buy a new jacket for eight or nine hundred euros every other year <laughs> you know because there's con this constant cycle of fashion but they've actually started out, out um, uh, um, a hiring um, a hiring concept uh, and we have um uh, also, uh, a new uh, startup in in Oslo that uh, offers uh, women to rent uh, sort of uh, party um, dresses and uh, and the more sort of expensive style items, so you don't have to buy them yourself. So there's, a, there's definitely a trend. There's definitely sort of a business potential in that. But I think you know, making make, making people think of everything they put out there in terms of a circular fashion rather than a linear fashion i think that's the the main challenge because then there needs to be some form of responsibility for everyone that produces anything to say i take responsibility for this i will make sure i follow this to its end <laughs> type of thing well, that's an interesting idea and, and, and kind of this this owning things. You know, I think in digital, I think what we notice a lot, you know, either in agencies or stuff is that people create wireframes or content and then they don't own it anymore. You know, they don't they don't look after it. They don't reuse it. They don't you know, there, there's. Um, you know, it, it doesn't get deleted when it needs to be deleted and and, and, and stuff like that. Maybe talk a little bit about how you discovered that, you know, that within the staff in NetLife were a kind of thinking around the same ideas that you were thinking of, that, you know, it wasn't a, you weren't introducing some sort of an alien concepts that they were saying. No, 
absolutely not. I think I think you know because Netlife has always been very much focusing focused on the, making the most important stuff, you know, and not putting just just about anything out there, and also not just uh, helping our, uh, make stuff for for our clients, but also helping them, you know, manage the stuff that they make. But we need to take our own medicine as well because I, when I came back, I I really. I had a really hard time just finding something on the server. Like we produce so much stuff every day that can consume so much energy. I think you said it so well, Jerry. We're like driving a, a four-ton diesel truck down the streets of Oslo, you know, <laughs> using our uh, our Google Drive. So I, th- I th- it, it, it was definitely not uh, new thinking when I when I came in. But I, I just think everyone. I sort of unleashed the power in the company as I started talking about the Earth experience because there were so many people discussing it already in terms of how, why, why do we in every single instance make digital? Do we need to make this thing? Can we make it simpler? Can we make it in a way that's that's um, that that is not digital if it doesn't need to be? We just developed a new uh, business strategy and uh, and brand platform. And one of the cores there is we make what humans and the world actually needs. Okay, so in every single project that we go into, in every single evaluation of all employees, we need to consider, are you helping us make what the world actually needs? And I have a one great example. We have an excellent consultant called Bjorn. I think you met him a few times. And he's very experienced. Uh, and uh, uh, we were doing, we had a huge contract for a, for a client. We were going to develop both a new website and a new internet. And he sort of looks at the internet and all the, all the sort of internal systems that we have. And he goes to uh, the steering group uh, at the clients and he says, you don't need another, uh, an internet. You can forget about your new internet. <laughs> you need to make the stuff that you already have work for people. You know, and that and that's the and that's I'm I'm really proud when stuff like that happens because then I know that our people actually um then then our primary focus is not making as much money as we can for our agency. Our primary focus is making what's best for people and the planet. And that's, that really makes me proud, Jerry. <laughs> I want more of those stories. <laughs> and I'm, I must also add that it, that, that um, uh, made us lose 100,000 euros, you know, because that was 100,000 euros in, in fees. But I, 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 I'm not bothered, you know. <laughs> I prefer to make and be proud of what we do. Today, I had a very interesting discussion with a, a technical expert who does a lot of analysis of data centers and cloud centers and stuff like that. And, and there's an estimate now that by 2035, there will be something like 2000 zettabytes of data in, in the world. Um, and zettabytes are almost unimaginable. One, one zettabyte, if you were to print out one zettabyte, it would take something like 20 trillion trees. We're on a totally unsustainable path of content creation and data creation. You know, how are we going to get, you know, a handle on all this, this, this relentless tsunami of data that's coming at us? 
Well, I think I think we need to sort of realize that we need to we a lot of the work that we do is about cleaning up, you know, finding out what's the most important thing and then focusing on that and 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 sort of deleting, erasing whatever else. And I think that's the only way to do it. But as you know, even as a even as you know me personally, uh, looking at what I do in terms of my personal life, all the images that I take, and there are sort of twelve thousand images floating around in a cloud, uh, a fraction of them good enough to keep. You know? <laughs> so it's 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 taking that time, and also as a speaking as NetLife as a consultancy, valuing that, valuing the time that people put into. Uh, um managing stuff deleting stuff making sure that everything that we do and everything that we keep uh is relevant uh, to people and i think that's sort of ingrained uh in our culture as well so i don't think the 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 you know the gap between where we are today and where we want to be it's not that big you know so i think it's really is possible uh to turn that around but one of the big challenges in terms of you know hype around you know innovation everything is new and, and the hype around technology it's it's sort of driven from the top as well i mean last year the head of we had a, a we have a minister of digitalization in norway and he puts out a national strategy for artificial intelligence and i almost cried because what people what public sector need is not a strategy for artificial intelligence they need a strategy for how to collaborate and how to work together and how to make you know stuff that's useful i was really furious <laughs> so you know uh, it's it's we need to work on so many levels yeah it's it's uh, we need a strategy for intelligence <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> you know, and, and we, seem, we seem to be losing, you know, some of the key aspects yeah. that we become lazier. Yeah. Like this guy this morning, Nick, was telling me that, you know, his parents um, every week would review and organize all their bills and all the, and in their job that, you know, there was a focus on organization and what to keep and what to throw away and what to prioritize and what not to prioritize. And it seems that you know, now that we've got computers, it says, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. Exactly. It's not, yeah. you know, in, in the process and that, you know, we can we can uh, store everything. So yeah. you know, I've seen so many disasters with chatbots and and et cetera that, that uh, like, like, you know, are so bad. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, people want them because they think, oh, we must have a chatbot because because yeah. we have to look cool. And, and, and I suppose there's this constant resistance that it's it's easier for you to to sell crap yeah. uh, because <laughs> once it's shiny crap and once it's new crap and once it's ai crap or or yeah. bot crap or you know it, it, it you know it's it's a hard thing to um to educate or or to find yeah, yeah i suppose it's a bit easier in norway because you know it, the the environment is more mature so to speak or, or less deferential to 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 hierarchical management um inspiration so to speak yeah but, but you know you still how, how do you deal with that how how do you uh, how do you sell the right thing even when people want the 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 shiny irrelevant irrelevancies 
I need to. I think you need to be so oriented on the facts, uh, Jerry. I think you really need to find out the impacts of things and show them numbers. That's what I did in Ruter. I mean, when I came uh, on board in in uh, Ruter, they had huge ambitions for technology and you know self-driving buses and automation and artificial intelligence and all these things all these buzzwords were flying around the company and no one could tell me okay but what's the impact for our customers what's the impact for the city for the citizens no one could tell me so you know starting to, to discovering that side of things and those are the facts that no one else work with jerry that was the other thing. Everyone was so focused on the technology. No one was finding out. So what do people really need from us? What do they really want us to be for them in the city? So I think you need to be really evidence-based, finding out what exactly uh, what people need, and then start measuring and start reporting back to management those, uh, those results. Start making changes. And pardon my French, Fuck the hierarchies. School management. <laughs> Pardon my French. But uh, I, I, I came in in Ruta on the on fourth level of the organization. And, and you can say that Norway is not very, very hierarchical and stuff, but it is. But I think the, 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 the difference here is you have people on every level in the organization who is well-educated, smart, and occasionally you find someone like me who's uh, who couldn't care less about management and tell them what they need more than what they want to hear. How, I suppose, do we begin to get metrics in in place that that say, hey, this this site can't ship because you know its its energy consumption rating is forty. We've got to bring it down to twenty. You know. Can you see a path in, say, two or three years that, you know, you're going to have these environmental metrics in your digital projects that say, hey, that 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 design is not environmentally friendly. You know, it's consuming too much energy. Yeah. And I, I definitely and we will do we will do some work uh, this year, uh, along with you, actually, uh, developing our methodologies around um, around the, the metrics. Uh, that we use and it would be really interesting to see how you know we have metrics for the user experience we have metrics for the for the sort of um, business goals and then the metrics for the earth experience and it'd be really interesting to try out with clients and see okay but how how does this client prioritize them what is more important to them and are we able to develop solutions that sort of score high on all the metrics um, I, I think that would be really interesting. And, and I think that's the key for, you know, there's a lot of people talking about sustainability and sustainability goals and, and la de la, but we need to make this as concrete and specific and as measurable as we can. You know, how do we get behaviors in place where, you know, we, we could say, well, you know, we're going into organizations say, we're, we're your cleanup crew. You've got, you know, we've got, you've got 400 gigabyte of data in your organization, uh, when we leave, you'll have uh, 40. And you know what? People will be able to find stuff. It, it, you'll, be, you'll be five times more efficient. Your search will work 10 times better. Uh, your your support organization will be much more efficient because they, they they won't be saying, which bloody one of these 60 versions is it? 
that I should actually click on. So, so maybe there's models there that we can, you know, really uh, clean up the data, just like we're trying to clean up the seas or trying to clean up the external pollution and how we help organizations, uh, you know, maybe identify data, data junk within their environments. Yeah, yeah. When you put it like that, we've been we've been doing Earth experience for twenty years. Yes, not because we helped a lot of clients. You know, finding out what's what's the most important thing and and helping them getting rid of all the other stuff. You know, by by looking at the top tasks and finding out what's really important. And it's you know for for many clients, we've like removed ninety percent of the content of the data of the information. Say this is deletable, delete it, and then ten percent remains, and they. Uh, they they meet their business goals. You know, they, we had one client where we tripled the sales. I remember, you know, used to the homepage, which said "cut the crap." Yeah. <laughs> you know, for for areas. I that, want it back. I really want it back. <laughs> in 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 the processes and and so you have so indirectly indirectly you've been doing the art experience, yeah. uh, in um. You, or, or certainly it was part. Do you, do you think, you know, as you've grown and as as a consultancy, what, do you think what elements might get, have got lost or that some got, that there needs to be a reorientation or what, what is the, you know, the return to the basics or that the, the dangers that we all face, what might some of those dangers be? I think, uh, well, in in terms of our own reorientation, we we sort of grew and then we started growing into you know the design field and branding and and sort of missed our priorities. We sort of lost our priorities there for a while, a year or two or three, <laughs> you know. So I think I think your point about don't be so caught up in the shiny new thing. That's really really the key and. And sort of, even though, you know, the world around you develops, I think you need to go back to what you really know and what you really do well. And and I think that what NetLife really does well is something that the people and the world needs right now. You know, you, you, can, you, can, you can scroll through LinkedIn and you can scroll through, you know, Twitter and there's, there's all this tech, tech stuff, tech discussions and a new next thing and... And all these things that we've been talking about, and it's it's not really um, it's not really what's gonna save the world, is it? <laughs> you know? What's gonna save the world? It's like people being um, maintaining what they have, nurturing what they have, um, being focused on what people actually needs really needs and and uh, how we can make a, a less how we can make less impact on on the planet and i think what was key in in you um with netlife and all this being is you know the evidence of use exactly yes you know that's what you grew out of you mean you you were a usability yeah. testing company at the very very exactly. beginning and and that that a kind of evidence of use is this usable is it being yeah. used is it you know uh, where are the problems when it when it's been uh, used? Because in so much we we have the launch and leave, yeah. launch and leave the shiny ob- the shiny object, and 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 then the client comes back four years later and wants a new shiny thing. 
so that's the other thing as well. I think as an agency, we need to take responsibility for the solutions we put out there. You know, we can say we want to be the guardians of your data. We want to help you nurture the important data and help you get rid of what you don't need. If we can work with a client over many years, we can do the good because maintenance isn't something, nurturing isn't something, getting the processes and changing the cost. You can't do that in a short project, you know. So maybe that's part of the you know, the, the art orientation that we can only really help the art if we stop doing or do less of these once off type of things and do more of the maintenance and the nurturing and, the, you know, the evolution and the refinement and the working, the working together. So it's a kind of we're all struggling in the dark to some degree, trying to say, well, what are the best practices of art experience type consultancies are? Yeah. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up one of the points from your book as well. Is that creativity kills the planet, and I I mean we have designers and and all these wonderful people, and they actually they 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 get a kick out of making the new thing. So if I tell them you're here to maintain, they're all gonna leave, Jerry. <laughs> but I think it's it's about hiring the right people as well, and and I, I, maybe that's um, one of the things that we missed out over the last. Um, couple of years it's it's you know uh, we we've we've become very fond of people who are great at making shiny new things but uh, if those things are going to keep shining then uh, we need some other type people type of people as well we need some polishers yeah. you know who keep <laughs> who keep like we need, we need gardeners and and yes. uh you know, rather than people who just come in and dig up the garden yeah. with a big digger and, and build a monument, we need people who will weed and and nurture and yeah. and be proud of, you know, that that actually I didn't create this, but I nurtured it or I helped, yeah. you know, I used this. And, and I think it, it's part of the hiring, but also I think in the reward that, you know, I think that thinking about what Microsoft did, that we say, you're going to be rewarded based on what you reuse as well, not just what you create. And you're also going to be rewarded on what you shared. If if your if your stuff is so great, then surely lots of other people will be using it. Yeah. You know, in in uh, the environment. And and it's funny. Somebody was telling me in Microsoft that when they were focused on sharing, then they became much more interested in the metadata. They became much more interested in in the structure and they didn't want the older versions hanging around. They wanted to share the good one, you know, so they were getting rid of their earlier prototypes, etc., or hiding them from the searcher. So they became much more conscious of the creative thing. Yeah. You know, the, the sense of shifting away from create, create, create to to the created thing and, and you know, evolving and, and, and nurturing. Yeah. So there's definitely a journey there, uh, but it t- it takes us to a kind of, you know, I don't know, map out that. We're the map makers of maybe a, a new phase in, in human thinking or how we actually live and, 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 and actually, you know, live our lives and, and, and create our businesses. I've always said that uh, life is too short to make crappy stuff. Yeah. And 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 sort of that that mantra has been with me for the, for I think for the last 15 years actually. Like I don't want to spend my life doing pointless stuff. I want to spend my life 
doing meaningful things. And I want everyone around me, all my employees, my teams, everyone, my leadership, I want them to feel like I come to work and I do meaningful stuff. And I think for refocusing on from user experience to earth experience is, is what's going to create meaning for us. If you're interested in these sorts of ideas, I've published a book called World Wide West. You can find out more at jerrymcgovern.com slash www. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to be part of the conversational community, hop on over to thisishcd.com where you can join the Slack community and help shape future episodes and connect with other designers around the world. Or join the HCD newsletter, where you can win books and get updates. Subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And listen to any of our design podcasts, such as Getting Started in Design, Bringing Design Closer with Jerry Scullion, Prod Pod with Adrian Tan, and Ethnopod with Jill Hasbrook. Thanks for listening and see you next time.